we'd like to welcome you back to part three, and I believe our final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 15th, 2012, continuing with this GCB, uh, ABC blasphemy show. <clears throat> We're looking now at a picture, uh, it's going to be on page 18 of the PDF, of their fake representation of Jesus. It's the one, the long hair, Adonis looking version, which I've warned about many times in the past, which will be the same Ascended Master version that we'll see, most likely in the near future, with the arrival of the Antichrist, uh, <clears throat> which will seek to unite all Christian religions under one banner. That's what we'll, this Ascended Master's assignment will be. His name is known as Master Jesus, or Esau Sananda Emmanuel. And it's going to look exactly like the pictures hanging up in all the Christian churches and the Catholic churches worldwide. A long hair, really good looking version of Jesus, which is not what Jesus Christ even looked like. We don't even know what Jesus looked like on the planet. Michelangelo first gave us those pictures through the Catholic Church. The Bible says, doesn't nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is a shame for a man to have long hair? That's what the Bible says in the New Testament. So why would Jesus have long hair? He's going to contradict his own word. The Bible also says that there was no beauty in him that we would desire him. Talking about Jesus. Meaning he wasn't this really, really good looking Adonis guy walking around. Okay, so I always have to mention that when it comes up. But anyway, shows this guy on stage. And he is the closeted gay husband who is the star of the actual church musical. In a recent episode, centered around a church play that was supposed to be about the miracles of Jesus, one of the women bribes her way into the role. Carlene, Amanda's chief rival, <clears throat> chosen to play the head role of the Holy Spirit, wears a tight corset-style fitting outfit with a plunging neckline. And one of the gay husbands puts on a disco-type song and dance performance in a shiny, skimpy silver toga. When the show is finally performed, the scantily clad unholy spirit and the uh, fake Jesus are seen on the side of the stage toasting wine goblets while the cast dances to the Dixie ch Chicks, the, the uh, country uh, country uh, music group. Um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the ultimate miracle in the Bible. It represents the Christ-defeating death and thus making it possible for all people to have eternal life by believing in him. This show not only goes nowhere near mentioning that, it mocks Jesus and blasphemes the Holy Spirit by portraying it as a scantily clad woman. Now, we're going to talk about that next. Because that really got me thinking about that whole Shekinah glory thing that we hear a lot out of. Hebrew roots, Pentecostal circles, which is, you know, I came out of that stuff before the independent fundamental uh, Baptist stuff that I was involved with. So I've kind of been across the spectrum here with a lot of this stuff. Anyway, I wanted to talk about that because I've never really mentioned that or done a teaching on it. That's what we're going to talk about next. This woman, this woman is portrayed as the Holy Spirit. Hmm. As stated in the opening paragraph... If the show was made about Muslims with this blatantly offensive stereotypes, it would never make it to air. And as we've covered earlier, when the show South Park, which has ridiculed Christianity to no end, made one joke about the Muslim prophet Muhammad, it was immediately censored. Because you can't see anything about it. Islam, the Muslims can just bomb, kill, destroy, rape, pillage, do whatever they want to do. You better not say one thing about them, though. Or the, or the wrath of Allah will be upon you. You can mock the Christians and the God of the Bible to no end, though. That's fine. That's, politi that's politically correct. Yeah, well, God ain't going to put up with it forever. <laughs> anyway, but the GCB gets a major marketing campaign in a primetime Sunday slot. Alan Pohl, the director and one of the executive producers of GCB, told a crowd at a gay rally... This is appropriate. That the homosexual images on television and in the media were a lifeline he wanted to protect forever. Why? Well, because he's obviously homosexual or bisexual, whatever he's into. So there's no Christian support behind the scenes of the show either. It's a show 100% made to mock God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and Bible-believing Christianity. That's the only purpose for it. 
It's just pure evil. Here's a ad that they came out with for GCB, and it shows this woman who's... Um, it doesn't even look like she's... It, it's like a cartoonish character, but it doesn't even look like she's wearing a, a, a top. No, you can't see anything, but it's, she's kind of like... Her arms are folded over. But it says it says here, and this is an advertisement for GCB, it says, I'm, I'm a devout Christian... In that, I think wearing Christian Dior is divine. That's why she's devout. I mean, just, if it's blasphemous, GCB is going to make sure they, they shove it, try to shove it down your throat. This is an e-card for the show from the GCB website. All of this blasphemy is aimed at making society more comfortable with disrespecting Christianity, whether it is in music, movies, or television. Hollywood has become brazen and flagrant in attacking Christianity over every other religion on earth. Jesus predicted this would take place when he said, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you're of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. John 15, verses 18 through 19. The world hated Jesus because he was ex he exposed the sin of the world, and the people do not want to hear about their sin. Satan, who wants to bring as many people to hell with him as possible, knows that in order to keep the people away from God, those who would promote the Bible need to be shunned, ridiculed, and not taken seriously. See, that's the whole purpose behind a show like this. Hollywood has been working on this for decades, and GCB is... is Proof positive that openly mocking every aspect of Christianity is now acceptable and preferred, really, if you look at it. Uh, One Million Moms, a pro-family Christian organization, has organized a boycott of the show that has resulted in several major sponsors, including Reebok, TurboTax, Old Navy, Olive Garden, Macy's, and McDonald's from pulling their ads. There is a Just Say No to GCB Facebook page as well. But Christians also pray for the show to be taken off air. Yeah, I'd say that's the main thing. The latest reports say it is on the bubble with respect to being canceled. One wonders why so many Christian pastors on TV, why none of them are speaking out about, about, about this, about such an offense to the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Christians who believe the Bible should take heart and stand on the word of the Lord where it says in Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. That's what we're doing today. We're reprooving these unfruitful works of darkness. <clears throat> now more than ever, Bible-believing Christians need to stand for God and his righteousness, even if others will not. Discussing this show with others can serve as a platform to properly inform people that Christianity is about love, forgiveness, and true peace with God through Jesus Christ, and a willingness to not be ashamed, but to stand up for what we believe, even when society is disrespecting our faith. This entertainment is swiftly drawing a line in the sand. Shows are becoming so blasphemous, occultic, and satanic, that as a Christian, there is no room to support them and worship God at the same time. Make sure you're on the right side. Uh, Galatians 6, 7-8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap the flesh of the flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that's the end of that. Now, there are some Bible verses that kind of came to mind about this. I said I was going to go over these earlier. <clears throat> the first one says, well, it's Isaiah 1, verses 4 through 7, which really this would apply to a lot of the stuff we talked about today, a lot of the stuff we've talked about previous teachings regarding America, but also, obviously, a lot of other nations, too. <clears throat> it says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. So then it goes on to say, Why should you be stricken any more? Will ye revolt more and more? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. 
So I had somebody email me not too long ago, and they said, well, yeah, where do you get that whole thing about if the, if the head is sick, then the body's going to be sick? I'm like, from this, these verses. He's like, well, you better clarify every time you ever use that. And I'm like, you know, I have so many people nitpicking me on so many different levels about this or that, and it's like they get into these convoluted, unbelievably complex things that they have figured out. And because I'm not exactly falling in line, exactly like they want me to be, I am this and that, and I, you know, I'm like, you know what, the best thing you could possibly do is never listen to me ever, ever, ever again. Because you know what, I'm just a man, and I can fail you, and I know I have failed you. So I'm really sorry that I haven't lived up to your expectations regarding this free ministry that I put out. Do not charge for. Do not have like any type of pay, for paid newsletter list on the newsletters that I put out or all of the 600 plus audios and most likely 1500 plus with parts audios. Never charge for none of it. Don't sell a book or DVDs, or nothing like that online. We have an MP3, or a USB thing that you can get through one of my listeners in Australia, God bless him. He puts that up, basically charges, you know, a little bit more than what it costs him to put the thing out. I mean, we're not up here trying to get rich. Okay, and all this stuff's being put out, and it has been put out for day one, for free. And I know you're going to always get people coming at you and nitpicking and stuff like this. But, you know, after, you know, a decade of it, it it gets, you know, it gets old. (laughs) But anyway, um, and I'm not talking about the vast majority of my listeners, okay? Uh, And I know you're always going to deal with that. And I know that I should never get to the point where I think that I can't be corrected. And I don't. I don't. Uh, but a lot of people I've noticed in today's day and age want to major on minors and minor on majors. You know, they want to show you how smart they are and what God showed them. And because they, ye, I haven't been showed that, I must not even be saved. And it's like, wow, you've invented your own little cult. Good for you. Good for you. Start your own church. Start your own cult. Because that's how cults get started. They, they micromanage and they, they put one verse of scripture under the microscope, or, or a few, and think, wow, God showed me this, and I am so special. And nobody else even knows this. And everybody else is going to hell. Except me. Because I'm so smart, and I got this figured out. Well, you know, you're truly a legend in your own mind. Anyway, so, um, going further here. And again, I'm not saying that to the vast, vast majority of my listeners. Okay, so, I'm not even, this isn't even pertaining to you. Okay, I thank God for my listeners. I thank God for, you know, the people that pray for this ministry, have given to this ministry, and I, I truly do. I truly do. Um, but I'm just talking about the other. And I don't even normally mention that very much, but every once in a while, you know. Anyway, but why should you be stricken anymore? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick. The whole heart is faint. Okay? From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness. If the head is sick, okay, if your head is sick, if you are, and let's talk about your brain, okay? If your brain's sick, it's going to affect the rest of your body, okay? Um, this is the concept that the Bible's trying to convey here. From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. This is how God, I believe, views the world in general, and I would say mainstream apostate lukewarm Christianity, which is pretty much the norm worldwide. Okay, From the sole of the foot, even in the head, there's no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate. This is what's coming to America. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers, devour it in your presence. And again, land and strangers. Hmm, without anything to do with these illegal aliens that have been pouring across the border that we just talked about? Huh, and on all of these other foreign armies that are training on our soil right now, like the Chinese and Russians, and they're all on their own separate military bases, and they're just waiting for activation? Hmm, that we've talked about a lot in times past? Hmm, I don't know. 
Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. I believe that's what's coming to America. And we deserve it, richly and amply. And I'm not blaming the remnant body of Christ. I'm just saying corporately, judgment has to come on this land. There's just way too much unrepented sin. Sin is glorified. We've got shows like GCB on that, that are, you know, blaspheming God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, over and over and over again. You know, and that's just a couple things. So, anyway, last part of this teaching is entitled Shekinah Glory. And I, I, I put the first three letters in capital. She, kinda Glory. She, as in female. She. Shekinah, Shekinah, Glory. Blasphemy. The doctrine that teaches the Holy Spirit is female. The divine feminine. We're also going to talk about Jack Hiles, David Stewart, and Mormons in this particular teaching. The first thing, and this is a compilation of different things I found on this, because I've had a lot of people email me about this over the years, and I wanted to address it. The first thing I thought of when I heard uh, that um, that is with this particular subject is the essence that the very doctrine of Satan, this is the very essence of the doctrine of Satan, because this doctrine of the Shekinah glory would tend to justify homosexuals, lesbians, and gender benders through faith in this other gospel due to the Bible verse I'm going to go over next. Okay? So, we're, we're creating a case here, and this is one of the main things we're going to create the case off of regarding this particular concept. God is a man. He created man in his image. He is the father and his son is Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit impregnated Mary with Jesus. Okay, The overshadowing, Matthew 1.20 Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Okay, A female does not impregnate another female. It says, for that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost was a female spirit, was this divine feminine, who many of the Hebrew roots, who many of the Pentecostals and many of the New Agers, this is actually, this main concept actually came from the Kabbalah, which is the highest system of Jewish witchcraft that exists. It's probably the highest form of witchcraft on the planet that a lot of the Zionistic uh, high-level Illuminati use as their central belief system. Okay? I've reported on this many times in the past. I'll give you some links to those things. Well, um, this, is, is, this is where that actual doctrine came from, this whole Shekinah glory. It does not come from the Bible, and we're going to prove that. A female does not impregnate another female. In other words, if the Holy Spirit was female... How is the Holy Spirit going to conceive Jesus Christ? You understand what we're talking about here? The Bible says, For that which is conceived in her, meaning Mary, is of the Holy Ghost. A female does not impregnate another female. This doctrine is backwards, blasphemous, and illogical. Jesus stated, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away... For if I go not away, the Comforter, meaning capital C, the Holy Spirit, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin. Doesn't sound like the Holy Spirit's a she to me. Jesus Christ referred to the Holy Spirit as he, three times, just in this one verse alone. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That's John 16, verse 7 and 8. God spoke of them this way. I have sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. Now that's the norm. False prophets are the norm. Bar none. I have been on so many prophetic bandwagons when I was in the whole Pentecostal movement thing and dabbling in Hebrew root stuff. I don't, I honestly, in, my, in all my, my years of, of following those prophets, I don't know of one of them that it was true. 
They all made false prophecies. Every one of them. A lot of them were time dependent. Oh, this is going to, and then that time would come and go, and then everybody would just forget about the prophecy. Or I would get people coming up to me in church. Oh, Brother Scott, I got a word of God for you. And they'd tell me to do something, or, or, or act like I should act on something, and I would do it, and I realized they had never heard from God. That was the norm. That was what I came to expect. And that's a big reason I ended up coming out of the Pentecostal movement. Because I'm like, if these people are really hearing from God, why are they giving them all these false words? The Bible says in Deuteronomy 18 that a, a true prophet has to get it right 100% of the time, all the time. And if they didn't, the punishment was death. Also, the other thing that had to happen was it had to line up with the Word of God. Meaning, if they told you to do something and it lined up with the Satanic Bible and it still came to pass, it, it still wasn't of God. It had to line up with the Word of God and confirm the Word of God. So there's criteria that a prophet should meet. I found that the absolute, total, vast majority of people that claim them, themselves to be prophets today do not adhere to these things. At all. You know, that's the norm. Well, again, you should expect that. I mean, we're, we're living in the greatest time of deception the world's ever known. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, Jesus said, regarding this time in Matthew 24, 24. False prophets, and, and this is these are the, the, the um, signs of the time. Wolves in sheep's clothing, false prophets, you know. This is what we should be expecting. So, anyway, um, going further, here's some agents of Satan that espouse this particular doctrine. Um, it started, well, it didn't start with a woman named Monica Denningham. Okay, he's saying it did. No, it started before that. But anyway, um, there's a link here that a listener of mine put up, a really good one that goes into her, a full write-up on her, this Monica Denningham. She's really creepy. I'm sorry, but I mean, she's really creepy, I think. When you see her videos... Very strange. The way she has her makeup and just, I don't know, <laughs> something not right. And obviously way off with her doctrine is nutty. Um, he goes on to say, I've seen her on YouTube for years. Her ministry is called TikTok Ministries. And from what I saw, they didn't seem, oh, he's saying it didn't seem to be any false doctrine. I watched a couple videos and I was so offended Within the first few minutes, I don't know what where, what this guy's thinking that wrote this, but like the videos I saw, everything she was saying was off base biblically. I mean, totally out of line. It was it was, I mean, it was it was just terrible. Um, and then he says, "This was until I saw one of her videos, the hidden link, the feminine Holy Spirit." The Feminine Holy Spirit. Now I have to tell you, that title alone is enough for me to know that she is extremely satanic. I did a web search on Holy Spirit Mother, and one of the first results dealt with this issue pretty well. Here's what it said. Is the Holy Spirit a woman? Question. As regarding the Holy Spirit, some say the Spirit is feminine or our spiritual mother. I have read in books that the gender, when referring to the Spirit, is neuter. Neuter? Okay, it could recommend any good teaching dealing with the topic, or, or if you could, please recommend any good teaching dealing with the topic of the Holy Spirit. I would appreciate it. Answer. The, the notion of the Holy Spirit being feminine comes from the pagan view that God was once a woman before the patriarchs of Israel hijacked the people's religion and made God a man around the time of King Josiah. Oh my word. They claim that the people retained the feminine deity in the form of the Shekinah. According to them, Shekinah was called Ashereth in Canaanite theology and was a fertility goddess and the consort of Jehovah. Meaning like it was God's lover, woman lover, deity wise. I mean, this is rank blasphemy we're talking about here. It was said that Jehovah and Shekinah met in the Holy of Holies each Friday night as the Sabbath began to act out the Song of Solomon in a sexual liaison. I mean, like, saying that. But this is what the pagan view of this is. This is where we get this from, this term. Okay, When I hear people mention this Shekinah glory, I just cringe. I just absolutely cringe. They don't even know what they're saying. When they use the word Yahweh, too, that's another one. Oh, you don't even know what you're saying. You don't. You don't. 
Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Real bad. Real bad. I've done studies on this. Key sacred name movement. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Don't let your tongue do this to you. I'm telling you, you don't know what you're doing. I'm not saying the whole thing with Yeshua. Okay, I can live with that. The whole, okay, name, alternate name for Jesus. But Yahweh is another deal altogether. You're dealing there with something called the Tetragrammaton. And it's highly used in occult circles. Big time. I got a whole 60-page document on it, which I think I, I posted most of that on the PDF for that sacred name movement. So you should be able to get everything you need there. Uh, put it this way. I've never had anybody come back to me so I can refute that document point by point. No, you can't. It's straight from witchcraft sources, and they're very open about it. You know, it's not something that can really be debated. It's <laughs> Anyway... Got to be real careful with this whole Hebrew roots movement, with this whole sacred name, wanting to say everything in Hebrew and Greek or whatever. You got to be careful. You got to understand what's actually coming out of your mouth. I've always found that the word Jesus Christ, whenever I was in any kind of uh, uh, position where evil was besetting me, and if you want to know about that, just key in the word supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com to hear about my some of my supernatural experiences I've experienced. I call upon the name of Jesus Christ, and it's always worked like lightning. So I'm going to continue to use the word Jesus Christ. Always worked for me, never failed me, and that's my prerogative, and I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, I'm not condemning anyone that uses... Yeshua and that, I'm just saying for me, that's what where the Lord's led me. And I know I've used it in situations where you just can supernatural. You'll, you'll see. I mean, life or death stuff. Really life or death stuff. Uh, anyway, I believe this belief of this whole Shekinah glory constitutes blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. A sin that our Lord said would not be forgiven in this life or the next. Woo, that's a heavy duty thing. Okay, I'm not saying that's, you know, I don't want to go that far. I'm just saying that's a really big time statement. There's a there's a church right next to this uh, gym in this Chinese restaurant, a little strip plaza not too far away from here, and it's the Shekinah Glory Church. And I'm like, I go by there, I'm like, oh my word. These people don't even know what they're doing. They don't have a clue. They, they, wouldn't you want to research the name of your church if you're going to use that? Wouldn't you want it to be something you knew 100% came out of the Bible? I'm going to show you this word doesn't even come out of the Bible. And then another search result, and then this is the guy writing the article, which was way at the top by another person named David J. Stewart, who is the website master of JesusIsSavior.com, jesus is savior Savior.com and Soul Winning Info. www.soulwinninginfo. Now, listen, I've used his site for a long time. He's got a lot of good stuff up there. He's got a lot of good resources, no doubt. A lot of really good exposés exposing a lot of really good, um, a lot of good things on a lot of different subjects in regard to Christianity. But, unfortunately, I had to issue an email not too long ago, and this wasn't something I just did on a whim, or I did it because I had an axe to grind, because I have absolutely no axe to grind with that guy. But there is a guy that came out with, it's called David Stewart Exposed blogspot.blogspot.com. I give you the links here, and it's all about this thing that happened with him in Guam. He has not done one thing to refute one shred of anything that he has been accused of. In fact, as far as I can see, and he's had years to do this, he's went out of his way to bury it, ignore it, and not address the issue. I'm flat out, no, and I put this out before, and nobody's ever come back to me and said it's all false. Nobody. They've got court documents, they have got newspaper articles, they have got all this proof. I mean, it is 
there's no way he's going to refute it. And, you know, unfortunately he was caught, convicted, pled guilty to basically having sex with a minor. And um, he's the guy that runs that website. And it's like, oh, I don't really, uh, I don't even want to report on this, you know. But I put out a lot of his links. So it's like, well, do I not say anything and act like it's a non-issue when it's a real big issue? And when he's went out of his way to apparently cover up? <sighs> anyway, there's three different links on this. The full documentation is at those links. I've, they've been out for years. Been out since 2009. As far as I know, no response by him. No defense. I know one thing. Somebody's saying that about me? <laughs> you better believe I would be defending myself. You know? Well, anyway. Uh in this instance, he was propagating a Baptist minister named Dr. Jack Hiles. Now, he was a guy, this Jack Hiles, I don't really know a ton about him, other than what I just read today. Huge guy in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church movement. I told you that I came out of earlier, where I was going to these conferences. Huge. Huge guy in that movement. A lot, a lot of huge red flags with Jack Hiles, evidently. There's a whole link I provide here on about eight or nine different things documenting his stuff, his theology, his dogma, his actions, okay? That aside, all those other links aside, this keyword search came up when he was doing this keyword search for Divine Feminine Mother. In this instance, um, David J. Stewart, the guy of that I just mentioned with uh, JesusIsSavior.com, he was propagating this minister, Dr. Jack Hiles, and his message called, Woman, the Holy Spirit, and the Family. Now, I found the link. I'll give you the link right here. It's right off his website. He's promoting this Jack Hiles guy. And from this sermon, from Jack Hiles, on David J. Stewart's site, we read, quote, I got it right off his website, The Lord chose to compare a family with the Trinity. Now, this is from Jack Hiles. This is a sermon, transcript. In doing so, he called the head of the family, the man, after his own name, the father. We pray our father which art in heaven. Then he likened the son or children in the family to his own son, who is the second person in the Trinity, hence Jesus Christ. Um, hence we have a family, ha hence we have in the family a person who represents God the father, and we have a person who represents God the son. Now, here's where good old Jack gets way off the track. By process, and I'm quoting, by process of elimination, we come to realize who represents the Holy Spirit in the family. Because see, we have a father, a son, we've we got to have a mother. Okay? I'm quoting, there is only one person left, and that's the lady. That means you, the woman, the wife, the mother, represent the Holy Spirit. This is from a Bap an independent fundamental Baptist preacher. A big time one. I'm reading this in absolute disbelief. I, I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? And then he goes on to say, he comforts, so does the mother. Why does he say he? So you should be saying she. Anyway, he comforts, so does the mother. He teaches, so does the mother. He instructs, so does the mother. He leads, so does the mother. Think of all the ministries the Holy Spirit has in the world. He's the unseen one, so is the mother. He is the one who gives the others attention, so does the mother. If you want to know what your duties are in the family, all of you, all you have to do is find out the duties of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity. Uh, for you are the Holy Spirit of the home. Now, it's contradictory because he's saying he does and so does the mother. But he's clearly saying that the mother represents the Holy Spirit. The woman represents the Holy Spirit. Clearly. And we're going to prove this. This is just a little bit of what he said. And he's going to use specifically the, worm, the word and the term Shekinah glory in another teaching that he does. Because if this is all I had to go on, you could say, yeah, but he says he. He leads. So he's really not really meaning that. Yeah, well, hold on. We haven't got through this all yet. Can anyone tell me where Jack Hiles got that? I don't remember reading in the Bible where the Lord compares the Trinity to a family. And so I did a web search for, quote, family with the Trinity. And right at the top, in, on a web search, is a match from a Catholic website, which states, quote, The family is a reflection of the Trinity. 
The wife, the husband, the wife, and the children are a reflection of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, capital S. And so this all starts to make sense now. Seeing how much the Catholic Church wanted to exalt Mary into an office that God never ordained, now Mary is referred to by the Catholic Church as the co-redemptrix. I'm not making this stuff up. You have to get saved through Mary and Jesus Christ now. According to Catholic doctrine, see, they portray Jesus as the angry son up on the throne, and the only way to get through him is through his mother, Mary. So we have to pray to Mary to get to Jesus. And through Mary and Jesus, that's how you actually end up getting saved, even though it's a salvation by works, because it's the Catholic death cult. So, anyway, um, the Catholic Church calls this doctrine, this elevating Mary, the Assumption of Mary... Uh, here is the typical picture often used to describe their made-up event. And so, and it shows a picture of Jesus, the Sananda Emmanuel. He's got the uh, um, Egyptian sun disk halo, which is not a biblical symbol at all. It's, it comes out of Egyptian paganism, the Egyptian sun disk halo. If you ever see that on angels and stuff like that, it's not good. Uh, and then it has Mary with a halo. And it has Jesus and a portrayal of the Father. He's got like this triangular halo. I've never seen one of those. Um, and they've got a crown. Jesus is holding one part and the Father's holding the other. They're getting ready to put it on uh, Mary's head. And this is the assumption of Mary. She's part, she is like, essentially, she's the third person of the Trinity in Catholic dogma. Here's a typical picture and you can look at it. And so what Catholicism does is lean toward worship of a feminine deity that they created themselves. They call her Mary, but this has been exposed as a lie over and over again. It all goes back to what the other man stated above in regards to worship, in regards to pagans worshiping Azeroth, which is where this whole Shekinah term came from that I read earlier. Now, Here's a link you can click on for Jack Hiles, a full expose on him, about eight different links that get into personal uh, documentation of his actions. Jack Hiles was, was the first one to propagate the term, was one of the first to propagate the term in at least, I would say, modern-day Christian circles of the Shekinah glory. Here is another link from David Stewart's website, thejesusissavior.com, and a link to another Jack Hiles' sermon. Okay? And this sermon is entitled, Holy Spirit and the Opposite Sex. Okay? Another Jack Hiles teaching that David Stewart's promoting. I'm quoting, and it says, quote, The most sacred place on earth to the Jew was the temple. The most sacred place in the temple was the Holy of Holies. Now the building itself was not sacred. It was made so by something within the Holy of Holies. This was the Shekinah glory. Now remember, this is Jack Kyle's, the same guy that just told us that the Holy Spirit represents the mother, the woman of the, of the Trinity. Okay? Same guy. So this was the Shekinah glory. This was um, uh, the most sacred place, the temple. Uh, Shekinah glory representing the presence of God within his people. The glory hovered over the mercy seat. Now this would be representative of like the Holy Spirit. Okay? Going further, it says, this place was so sacred that no one could look on it but one man. Now, notice the parallels as we get further into this, okay? No one could look on this Holy of Holies but one man. That one man was the high priest. He, on the seventh month, on the tenth day of each month, could enter, and then only could he enter if he brought with him the blood of the sacrifice on the day of atonement. The man, the high priest, was chosen by God. Imagine how he felt. Imagine how sacred was the annual entrance through the veil into the very presence of God represented by the Shekinah glory. Or in other words, like the Holy Spirit hovering over the mercy seat. Then he goes on to say, and I, I'm skipping ahead here in the sermon, when I was just a little boy, now this is Jack Howells talking, my mother said to me, son, there is nothing on earth as sacred as the body of a girl. She would remind me that it was delicate. It was weaker than a man's body. She would teach me to never be rough with the body of a girl. Now I'm sure that I did not know why a little girl's body was so sacred. And perhaps my mother did not know the full reason. Though she did teach me as I got older that it was sacred because it was used of God miraculously to bring new life into the world. 
But I doubt if she knew anything about the Day of Atonement, the High Priest, the Mercy Seat, the Ark of the Covenant, or the cherubim made of beaten gold. Now again, he's comparing the body of a little girl to Atonement, High Priest, Mercy Seat. I mean, there's parallels he's trying to make. The Mercy Seat, the Ark of the Covenant, the cherubim made of gold. And then he goes on to say, she probably didn't even know about the veil of the temple that was rent in twain or the fact that the body of the believer is the New Testament temple. But she did thank God, have enough knowledge, awareness, and perhaps intuition to teach me that it was sacrilegious to misuse the body of a girl. There are some parallels between the Old Testament temple and the sacred body of a girl. He keeps on saying that over and over again. The sacred body of a girl? Okay, number one, what are some parallels? Number one, no one could look within the Holy of Holies except one man. Now, these are the parallels between the body of a girl, okay, and the Holy of Holies and the Shekinah glory. These are the parallels. Number one, no one could look within the Holy of Holies except one man. The same is true with the body of a lady. It is reserved for one man. Oh, okay, so you mean, you're comparing here. These are the parallels. He stated that they're the parallels. Okay, so I understand, biblically, the body of a girl is made for her biblically ordained husband. He's also comparing the Shekinah glory to this feminine, divine aspect, which he's clearly made and intimated that in other studies, and to the the high priest only being able to look on the Shekinah glory one time per year. And he's a man. He's a high priest, right? Shekinah glory is feminine. He's comparing the body of a girl to that whole situation. Do you see what we're doing? You see what he's doing here? This is really weird, creepy stuff. Really, really weird, creepy stuff. He goes on to say, I am sure that many of the Jews would love to take a glimpse into the Holy of Holies. It would have been a never-to-be-forgotten experience for them. It would have been exciting and thrilling. No, they would have dropped dead. I mean, even even if the high priest wasn't totally right with God, he would die as soon as he went in there. That's what the Bible said. Anyway, it would have been exciting. No, it wouldn't. They would have been terrified. It would have been exciting and thrilling for them, but it would not have been for their best because God did not plan it so. No, they would have died. As soon as they would have even probably started to open that veil, they would have dropped dead. Many times that happened to the priest. They had to tie a rope onto him, onto one of his legs to pull him out if he dropped dead in the Holy of Holies, which happened quite a bit. It has also a natural, it is, and then he goes on, here's the parallel. It is a, also a natural thing for a young, now remember, he's just talking about if we could able to look on the Holy of Holies, the divine feminine, the Shekinah glory, he has used that term. Okay, High priest is a male, he can look on the Shekinah glory, the divine feminine. Okay, Now he compares that to this. It is also a natural thing for a young man to want to look upon the body of a young lady. But God has ordained it that that young man should restrain themselves as they yield to the Holy Spirit, realizing that the body of a lady is so sacred that God has reserved it for one man. Do you see the creepy parallels that this dude is drawing here? This is some creepy stuff. Okay? Um, right, be, right at the top of his message, Jack Hiles begins to pray and says, quote, The Lord chose to compare a family with the Trinity. And again, we see where that actual concept comes from. That's from the Catholic doctrine. He did a keyword search. And that concept of the family with the Trinity comes straight out of Catholicism, where we have Mary, the assumption of Mary. Now she's basically the third part of the Trinity, representing the Holy Spirit, the divine feminine, goddess worship. Mary's just another pagan knockoff of Isis, Semiramis, um, Hathor, uh, you, you could go on all these feminine deities, Aphrodite, that people have worshipped Lilith over the years. It's just, it, the, the pagan deities change their names, but it's really the same devil you're worshipping. And all pagan religions have this pagan trinity. They're always trying to, to Satan's always trying to counterfeit the real thing. You know? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
okay, all portrayed as firmly male in the scriptures. Let's go further. Okay. I'm not done with, with all this yet. So if, if you're not totally convinced at this point, hang with me here. Three more cults that have embraced this doctrine as well. Branch Davidians. They're the ones, unfortunately, that got firebombed by, in Waco. Uh, in 1977, one of their leaders, Louis Roden, began to... For- I mean, it was a cult, no doubt. Branch Davidians, total cult. In 1977, I'm, I'm, I don't know if they still exist. I imagine they do. But one of their leaders, Louise Rodin, began to formally teach that the feminine Holy Spirit is the heavenly plat- pattern of women. Another apostate church that's taught this concept, the Unity Church, or the Unitarians. Which, I mean, you can't get much more blasphemous than those dudes. They, I mean, they have gay clergy, the whole nine yards. And they've been corrupt from their conception, in, from their inception. The Unity Church's co-founder, Charles Fillmore consider the Holy Spirit a distinctly feminine aspect of God, considering it to be the love of Jehovah, and the love is always feminine. Also, another one, Mormons. Oh yes, Mormons. The main article, Mormonism and Christianity, one Mormon hymn refers directly to the Heavenly Mother, partnered to the Father. However, it is not worshipped as divine, and official Mormon teachings hold that the Spirit is considered to be male, because it's politically correct. Okay, One I wound up on a chat room for ex-Mormons, and one of the one of the posters said this regarding the Heavenly Mother. Uh, they said they are there are many Heavenly Mothers since the Mormon God is a polygamist, meaning he's got many, 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 many wives. And see, if you're a good Mormon and you play your cards right, you will eventually. I believe their main Mormon God dev- uh, dwells on the planet Kolob. I'm pretty sure it's Kolob. Uh, you know, Kolob, anyway. Um, it's Planet Kolob, and if you play your cards right, as a good Mormon, you too will have your own harem of women in the afterlife on your own planet, and you'll populate your own world, and you will be as gods. Just like the same, you know, lie that Satan gave to, uh, to uh, Eve. You know, the same carrot that they put out there as an enticement. Well, there are many heavenly mothers uh, since the Mormon God is a polygamist. But the church doesn't broadcast the fact that this is doctrine because it sounds weird. And they are trying to go mainstream. The hymn, Oh My Father, mentions a heavenly mother. The excuse for ignoring her, more than likely, is the church doesn't want its name dragged through the mud. Eh, you know, it can be messy. As far as Jesus, Brigham Young taught that God, the Father, had literal intercourse with Mary. That isn't talked about much either, for obvious reasons. Now, I've done a whole teaching on Mormonism. You can key in Mormon or Mormonism in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, and we just blow that cult apart, because it is evil. Evil. Evil to the core. Sorry, Mitt Romney, but, you know, it is. Anyway, um, so, yeah, those are some things. You know, I had a phone consult with this guy a long time ago, and he was like this expert, supposedly. It turned out the guy was a total nutcase, okay, after I had researched and researched and researched. The guy turned out to be a total crazy dude, but he had a lot of influence in the area of, uh, I don't know, like freedom issues and constitutional issues and stuff like that a long time ago. I can remember distinctly having a consult with this guy. And we were talking, and he came out, and he was kind of opening up to me what kind of religion he was. And it was some weird conglomeration of primarily Mormonism, but some other stuff. And he told me, he starts talking about, and I was kind of playing along because I wanted to see where he was going with this. And he, at one point in the conversation, he said something about, oh, uh, like a heavenly mother stuff in Mormonism. And I'm like, I'm like, does Mormonism teach that? And he's like, yes, it does, but it's not fit to utter her name. It's it's not. We can't utter her name. I'm like. Oh, okay, that, that, that sounds plausible. I mean, and, you know, it sounds solid to me. Where do I sign up? You know, I mean, and, and it was really weird because the cults that believe this, and, the, and these aren't just the only three ones that do, this whole thing of the Heavenly Mother, which again, think about it, if that's a Trinitarian concept, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's actually the Mother, I have the distinct impression by talking to this man, and other times I've studied this, that they will actually elevate the mother figure to a figure, to a space 
to a position, I should say, that's actually higher than God the Father or Jesus. I mean, it's so sacred that they can't even utter her name. It's very, very creepy, weird stuff. Okay, I just remember that from a long time ago. I wanted to throw that in. So, wrapping things up here. Uh, additionally, there is no such word, and this is this is really probably the most important part in a way. There is no such word as Shekinah. Quote Shekinah. S H E K I N A H. There's no such word as that in the Bible. It is a Middle Age Kabbalistic addition. Kabbalistic, you mean like Kabbalistic witchcraft? Yeah, it sure is. Shekinah originated in the realm of the Kabbalah, which is the highest system of Jewish witchcraft. Hey, there's no red flags there. You know, come on, why can't we just all get along? Just don't worry about it. The word Shekinah does not appear in the Hebrew Masoretic text or which is the underlying text of the King James Bible, or the Greek text is for Septus, which is the underlying Greek of the New Testament. Okay, It is a made-up word. The word Shakan is not Shekinah. The word they'll say means Shekinah in the Bible is Shakan, which is S-H-A-K-A-N. Okay, Now, I'm going to prove to you that's not the case. Okay, It's a different word altogether. Okay, Lexicon result. For the word Shakan. Okay? This is from Strong's. Uh, it's number H7931. Um, outline of biblical usage of this particular word. What does it actually mean? It has a lot of different meanings. To settle down, to abide, dwell, tabernacle, reside. Uh, a lot of this is redundant. Uh, dwell, lay down, establish, dwell, abide. Okay, It's used... In the authorized version, in the Old Testament, dwell 92 times, abide 8 times, place 7 times, reign 5 times, inhabit 4 times, rest 3 times, set 2 times, continue 1 time, dwellers 1 time. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not an alternate version or way of saying the, the Holy Spirit, the Shekinah glory. The divine feminine is what it actually means. It's a made up Kabbalistic word. It's not part of the Bible. They say, oh, it's, 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 translate, it's just a slightly different translation of the word shakan in the Bible. Shakan doesn't mean Holy Spirit. doesn't mean that. So, and I give you that, I copied and pasted it right out of Strong so you could see it. I wanted to yet again show the evidence that Shakan is not the word Shekinah. Because that's, that's where they'll come to you and say, oh no, you're wrong. It does, it is in the Bible. No, it's not. The alternate spelling of Shakan to Shekin is just a way to validate a false concept, in my opinion. Now, this is a chat room of a trusted site that I go on regarding Hebrew roots issues. Okay, This is a chat room they were having. And she says, in my opinion, one cannot add words to the Bible because of a later modification to try and reinterpret a word. Just because it is in a just because it is the supposed general consensus. It really does not matter how many scholars, quote, prove that Shekan really means Shekinah when the Bible never never actually uses the word. In other words, it wasn't ever used, so I could care less what these supposed scholars who want to reinterpret the Bible have to say. It's exactly what Westcott and Hort did when they came out with a revised version of 1881, which is just derived from two corrupt Catholic manuscripts. Hey, we can say anything we want. Anything goes. We'll make our own pagan Bible, which is where we spawned all the new versions from, other than the King James. So, it goes on to say, I wanted to point out in the text that were quoted what actual Hebrew word is used. So this one guy was trying to say, yeah, it's, it, it's used here and this proves it. So she says, okay, well, let's look at the verses you said. Exodus 24, 16. And the glory, now that glory is actually derived from the word kavod in Hebrew. Okay? And the glory of the Lord abode upon Sinai. Okay, they're saying the word abode is the Shekinah glory. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a word. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a verb. It's a verb. 
If it was this Shekinah glory, it would be like a noun. It's a verb, though. That's, that's its use, this word shakan. So how could a verb mean the Holy Spirit? Again, it's this leap of logic that you have to make in order to twist this dogma into something that you... And I see this go on all the time, all over the board. People have their own little pet cult doctrine systems that they say God showed them. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. And that's all I really care about. I could care less about even my opinion if it doesn't line up with the Word of God. Oh, it doesn't matter. God showed me. Oh, okay. That's, that's good enough for me. You know, um, This is how cults get started. Flat out. And then the next verse. Exodus 25.8 And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell, Shekhan, among them. Okay? Numbers 24.2 And Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel abiding Israel. Israel, okay, the Jews. He saw Israel abiding, Shekhan, in his tents according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. If it was in reference to the Holy Spirit, how could it be in reference to Israel? A group of people. If it was like that particular word, the Shekinah, it would only be, it would only be dealing with like, dealing with the Holy of Holies and the Holy Spirit dwelling over between the cherubims of the Holy of Holies. I mean, that would be one of the only times you could even use the word. It's not even used that way. The vast majority of time, it's not even remotely even have anything to do with that. It just means abiding. Okay? It doesn't mean Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to make this real super simple for you. Exodus 40, 35. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode Shekhan thereon. And the glo- that's about as close as you're going to come. This verse right here. But then you look at all the other uses. And again, it's it's a verb. It's not a noun. Shekinah glory implies a noun. A, a An actual divine feminine is what Shekinah, they say, means. The divine feminine. The, basically the third person of the Trinity. Which would be a noun, not a verb. Anyway. Please note that the examples given do not in any way show the use of Shekinah, nor does the word does the use of the word kabod or shakan in the tense prove that the false word shekinah is meant? Again, the word shekinah is a term developed by Kabbalists. The highest level Jewish practitioners of Jewish witchcraft. The Kabbalah. This is what like Madonna's into and you see the people wearing the red strings around their wrists and stuff. That's the Kabbalah. It's nasty stuff. The word Shekinah is a term developed by the Kabbalists to refer to the feminine presence of God. Which we know is an occult view of God and not a biblical one. A lot of times you'll see like Baphomet portrayed. Androgynous, both male and female parts. The goat with the big, you know, pentacle, goat head, female breast, goat lower body, really nasty, nasty stuff. Okay? That's in andro- That's another way that they'll portray God in that androgynous form. Anything to twist scripture and throw you off, Satan's going to do it. This is just one more example. So, among the apostate Hebrews, uh, the apostate Hebrews, now this is a quote from um, here. Let, this quote is from one of the articles referred to in an earlier post that identifies where the word Shekinah originated and was inserted long after the Bible was actually completed. It was was inserted after by apostate Jewish practitioners of the Kabbalah. Okay? Among apostate Hebrews, one of of the traditional names of God is Shekinah. And interestingly, it is a feminine gendered noun. It's a noun. It's not a verb. Like the word shakan is a verb in the Bible. Every time. <laughs> so, how do you get around that? You know, a verb and a, and, and a noun are two totally different things. That by itself is a huge issue. In fact, I wasn't even thinking about that until I read this. I'm like, well, hold on, one's a noun, one's a verb. They didn't even bring that up. It's a pretty big issue. Okay, so anyway... um, 
It is a feminine gender noun. Many Hebrews saw her as the mother or feminine aspect of God. The apostate ones. The earlier scribes, later called rabbis, added Shekinah in biblical verses where the verb Shekan is used in relation to God. In other words, they changed the word of God. And and in the in the uh, Bible text that I'm reading, the Hebrew Masoretic text or the Textus Receptus, well, Hebrew Masoretic text really is the only one we're looking at. Well, in that particular case, it's Shekan's used. It's Shekinah's never used. Now, maybe if you had some false Alexandrian Egyptian Catholic knockoff version of the Old Testament, yeah, maybe you can find it in there because it says right here the earlier scribes, later called rabbis, added Shekinah in biblical verses where the verb Shekan is used in relation to God. This is why I say you better stick with the King James Bible. There's a multitude of reasons, and this is just one of the many. Okay, and if you don't believe that, just key in KJV in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Do a five-part teaching on it. I've done many more than that, really. Shekinah is a mystic, Kabbalistic word, which means the feminine presence of God. That's not denied by anybody that espouses this stuff. Jack Hiles wouldn't deny it. Monica Denningham wouldn't, wouldn't deny it. None of these people that teach this Shekinah glory stuff would, would deny that. They all teach this divine feminine aspect of it. The term um, Shekinah is used within the Hebrew Messianic movement. Ah, the one I've exposed on so many occasions and taken so much heat for? Yeah, same ones. To refer to the presence of God or his dwelling in the tabernacle. Shekinah is also used to define the glory of God within his presence. Shekinah comes from the rabbinical Judaism and is a term that has found its origins in the Kabbalah. Um, that's actually from one of the um, uh, articles they found online. Now, they weren't even speaking against it. They were actually just stating facts. This is, this is where the word came from. And, you know. Now, you can see my teaching on, uh, it's an older teaching, World War III, Israel, and Kabbalistic witchcraft. I had a guy email me today, and he's like, yeah, why don't you ever say anything against the Zionists? I'm like, I have said stuff against the Zionists. I've done a lot of teachings, but there were more, more of it was earlier. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, I know. I've been emphasizing Islam a lot. Yes, the, the Zionists are bad too. Yes, they are of the synagogue of Satan. They call themselves Jews, but they're of the synagogue of Satan, as the Bible says in Revelation. I'm not saying they're not a huge aspect or not one of the main aspects of the Illuminati. You know, it's just like you get to a point where you're... you're it's like, all these people want, want, want. I want to see this. I want to see that. And it's like, oh my word, I just can't please everybody. You know? And, and a lot of times I've actually talked about this or maybe even done a whole teaching on it. And they think because I didn't say it in that one particular teaching that I am some, like, bootlicking apostate that, you know, doesn't have any con conception of what reality is and that I'm a devil and a heretic. You know, I... <laughs> It's like, oh boy, you just so know better than I do. I just, uh, anyway. Uh, when you deal with as many emails as I deal with on a daily basis, and the, the, the email list just keeps growing all the time, and people come in and they don't know, they can't catch themselves up on thousands of parts of teachings I've done. You know, and from that aspect, it's not their fault. But, um... And just when you approach someone, the Bible talks about if you see your brother overtaking an air, go to such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest they'll also be tempted. It doesn't say blast him with both barrels so that, you know, you can show him how smart and nifty you are. Anyway, um, going further, uh, let's see here. Shekinah is also used to define the glory of God within his presence. Now, this is from that occult view of Shekinah uh, definition. And uh, Shekinah comes from Rabbinical Judaism and is a term that is found its origin in the Kabbalah. Uh, done two teachings here. You can talk about where I talked about Kabbalistic witchcraft, World War III, Israel, and Kabbalistic witchcraft, and the blasphemous Talmud and the Hebrew Roots Movement, Messianic Jews, Christian Zionists. Okay? Done those two teachings. More of this is earlier that I've done. Uh, the concept of the Shekinah, now this is from that article on Shekinah, that's 
telling its origins, the concept of Shekinah has become so popular that it is used across the board in Christianity as well as Hebrew, the Hebrew Roots Movement. Now, I've done many, many teachings on the Hebrew Roots Movement. I'll give you four here. But if you just key in Hebrew in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, You'll see all my teachings. You'll see the teachings I've done on Sunday versus the Sabbath. You'll see the teachings I've done on the hexagram, which is not a Jewish good symbol. It's the highest, one of the highest symbols of Kabbalistic witchcraft, essentially. That's why it's on their Israeli flag. Because the Kabbalists are the ones that basically are pulling the strings, the Zionists, whatever you want to call them, at the highest levels in the, in the Israeli government. And I'm not speaking evil against the Jewish people. I'm just saying the people at the top of the food chain, yes. I don't know, there's some real gigantic problems there. Um, so I try to have a balance when it comes to the subject of Islam versus, you know, modern day Israel. Um, but I'm not going to apologize for the teachings I've done on Islam and how they're trying to wipe Israel off the planet and, and their, you know, the hypocrisy. I'm not going to apologize for that either. I'm trying to have biblical balance. Just talked about that at length last week with the uh, is Islam. So, uh, anyway, I give you some teachings here you can click on. And then it, it ends by saying, I think if the people understood that Shekinah is the feminine essence of God, interwoven with the feminine spirit of God, known as the mother spirit, they would probably run, not walk away from it, uh, using, using it lightly. Using it lightly. So, again, I, you know, I agree. Most people don't even understand what that concept means, yet I see it used a lot, you know, the word Shekinah glory, and it's not something you want to be messing around with. So, anyway, teachings there, 25-page PDF. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up now here. It's going to be three parts for this week. And uh, go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Humbly come before you, Lord, and we... We praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you for giving us the, the time and the freedom to come together again, Lord God. Um, I, I pray that your word and your truth will go forth, Lord, uh, that you use the body of Christ mightily in the days and times to come. I pray for your protective hand to be upon the body of Christ and the children and the, the babies and the unborn babies and the, the uh, families, Lord God, out there and the body of Christ and, and, and uh, for the the unsaved, Lord God, that you would save their souls, for it you will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Save those, Lord God, that can be saved, and I just pray that whatever it takes for that to happen, for our, for our unsaved family members, Lord, uh, I pray the fear of God be on them, Lord God, and the, the goodness and the severity of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance, as you say in your word, and I just pray whatever it takes to get them saved, you do that, Lord, that you would forgive us for any and all sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.